On this episode, Ryan and I talk about debt repayment with the infinite banking concept. Should we wait to get out of debt and then start IBC? Um, prioritizing your capital, the debt slave construct that we all are born into. And then we talk about the origins of the infinite banking concept and becoming your own banker. Welcome to the Banking with Life podcast. My name is James Nethery. I'm your host. I'm Ryan Griggs, your co-host. And today we're going to have a conversation about loans, debt repayment. Yeah, I get the question, you know, IBC is great. I've read the book, but I've got these outstanding debts. Maybe it's student loan debt. Maybe it's mortgage debt. Maybe it's a car note. Maybe it's student loans, whatever it might be. And well, I'm going to pay those off first and then I'll do IBC. Um, as if the sort of implication is that if you have outstanding debt, then you need to wait, you need to pay the debt off first. It's kind of a hangover. I see it as kind of a hangover from the idea that of, of the pay cash method, right? We need to pay cash for things, debts, all debt's bad, you need to get rid of it immediately. Uh, and that, that those assumptions sort of go unanalyzed uh, when talking about IBC. But I get that question a lot. I think it's pretty, it's pretty popular. I think it's more than a hangover. That's part of the the message from typical financial talking heads, mm-hmm. gurus, inner you know financial entertainers. Uh-huh. Get out of debt. Get out of debt. Get out of debt. So you can start saving money. Right. And you know, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. Um, you know, it took a uber lot of discipline to accumulate all that debt, mm-hmm. right? So <laughs> it's it's okay to practice discipline by getting out of debt. I get that. Mm-hmm. But if you have discipline and, you know, is there a better way? Could there be a better way? And sure, there can be a better way. <clears throat> and well, what, stands out, what stands out to me about and becoming your own banker and how Nelson Nash originally came up with the infinite banking concept, he didn't wait until he'd paid off all his debt until he isolated this idea. In fact, the infinite banking concept as a idea was born in the middle of a substantial amount of outstanding debt to third parties. Nelson talks about how he owed half a million dollars to uh, lenders because he was in the real estate business at 23.5% interest in the 80s. Right? And that's when he started, when he had the realization that in fact his problem, despite the fact that he was already paying substantial life insurance premium, he wasn't paying enough. He realized, as I think we all do at some point, that our need for finance is greater than we thought it was. Yeah, no question. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, granted that the story, his story in the first part of the uh, Becoming Your Own Banker, his first book, if you haven't read it, you should read it. And no question, is it's almost like a coal under pressure. You know, it takes all that pressure and time to create a diamond. You know, there was um, oh, – yeah. and let me also say that Nelson was being very generous in in his book, Becoming Your Own Banker, right? Because he didn't really talk about he – did, he did not write about the $700,000 obligation that he inherited because an attorney defaulted, mm-hmm. right, filed bankruptcy. Nelson did not, and he assumed that, but he didn't include that in his story. So he was being generous. Um, and if you, if you let, let's let's think this through that 
that um, all debt's bad. You know that's not right. We can get into that. But I gotta, I've got to do something. I've got to get out of debt so I can start saving money. Yep. That comes from just typical financial advice. Is it bad advice? No, it's pretty good advice, especially if you do not have discipline and you do not understand cash flows. You do not understand leverage or you're not comfortable with leverage. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's talk about debt for a minute. You know, debt is crushing. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, it's crushing being servant the borrower being servant to the lender um you know that's biblical you don't want to be there you don't want to be that guy sure and if you look at what's going on in the big wild world today though we're all dang near debt slaves you're born into it um it's part of the construct part of the paradigm and somebody's making a lot of somebodies Mm -hmm. a lot of somebodies are making a lot of money Mm -hmm. off of that construct right and so uh, Saks Fifth Avenue, you know, marketing is like go spend it today, get it today, instant, immediate gratification. Yep. Then we use plastic money or digits, and it, and it makes it very easy to, you know, part with really your money right. in the form of plastic and digits to have this immediate gratification. And then, you know, by the end of the month, by the end of the year, after taxes, you're looking up and saying, my gosh. Um, you know, there's a lot of debt. I need to do something different. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the focus is on debt. So get out of debt, get out of debt, get out of debt. And then I can start doing something else. And, I mean, that that thought process is part of the construct. Oh, yeah. And as an economist, I think, you know, compared to what? Cause Wait, are you say, are you waiting for me to finish talking so you could talk? Or were you listening? <laughs> I was totally listening. Okay, thank you. Oh, my gosh. Get yourself a co-host that will attack you during the podcast. It's really, I love, it's I really love the key I'm to not, success. Listen, I, I love our podcast. I'm not ta- I'm I not think it's the best financial podcast there is out there. I agree. Not, I really didn't mean I'll, I'll quit that because I don't want to. No, no, but to build off of what you're saying, I think that the, the reason – so many people do think it is a good idea to eliminate whatever outstanding debt they have before switching to something like infinite banking or taking any other kind of financial strategy is, you know, compared to the alternative, which is continued indebtedness and uh, mounting obligations to outside lenders. When that's the alternative, sure, eliminating your obligations to third parties is totally legitimate. You know, sure. I think that the the landscape changes though when you become aware of what's possible. Like Nelson says, and you cite frequently. If you know what's going on, you know what to do. Well, we people have to know what's going on first. Right. Right. I had a guy, um, <coughs> young kid, new client, out in New Jersey, and um, he had we had exchanged several phone calls and you kind of see the progression in his thinking, you know, from call to call. And he's really getting it, asking the right questions. So, you know, he's catching on, he understands sort of the trajectory that he ought to be aiming for. Uh, And then finally, when all the objections are answered and everything, he says, I'm gonna try to get the words right. He says, this is such a bizarre way of thinking. It just so happens to be true. And that's exactly right. I love that. It's a bizarre way of thinking compared to what the conventional exactly. paradigm is. Right? <clears throat> the conventional, from the perspective of IBC, the conventional paradigm is bizarre, right? And so in that call, what maybe went on for an hour or so, we finally got down to the end and I said, you know, what we're kind of talking around here, I was gonna put a label on it, is the idea of prioritizing your own 
capital, right? So if you start infinite banking while you still have these outstanding obligations to other third parties and you're paying substantial premium, right? You're prioritizing your capital. You're choosing to put your savings, your capital, your control over financial value above the owners of who met, of, of the other conventional lenders, right? And most people just aren't doing that. And so when we say, oh, I can't do infinite banking because I do have these outstanding obligations, I gotta pay them first, mm -hmm. you're prioritizing somebody else's capital. Mm -hmm. And so no kidding that <clears throat> you stay stuck in whatever economic class you might be in. You were prioritizing capital to even accumulate it incorrectly or for someone else's somebody else yeah by accumulating all the debt to begin with yes right yeah and then you're you're just continuing that say oh this is their their capital is so valuable to me that i've got to honor all the obligations and you should honor yes. all your obligations i'm not saying you shouldn't do that right but you're prioritizing their capital above yours you're valuing their money more than yours right and and then it's not just your money that's your family's well-being it's your future livelihood it's oh. your ability to deal with whatever might come your way be it positive or negative <laughs> that, i mean it starts to sound a little perverse when you start to think through it you know but i don't think most people do because they don't know that there's another paradigm that you can switch over to and see things differently yeah or as this young man thought in a very bizarre fashion did that bring a tear to your eye watching his progression? Not that part, but there were tears. You know, I get, and we talk, this is a little off topic, but we, we get to talk about whatever topics we want, which is the nice part here. But, you know, I get invested emotionally sure. with my people, right? I want them Absolutely. to succeed. Like this is, it's your money, the most emotional topic out there in the world <clears throat> outside of maybe like love or jealousy is money. And the when you get so bought into it, you want the best for people, and yeah, it can get very emotional. Um, it is emotional. But as it should be, you know, good, good things should be emotional. Sure. But well, anyway, digression, but. Um, no, no, thanks. I mean, it's I, I get it brings a tear to my eye. I don't care who they are. When they start to get it, when the lights go off, yeah. the bells go off, their understanding is like, oh my gosh, I do not have to continue down this particular path where I have no control, I'm a debt slave, I'm obligated to everybody else. And at the end of the day, um, you know, and I know this is talking about debt, but we're talking about debt payments and debt service and where does that money come from? That money comes from, you know, the income that you earn or the value that you create and you're you're literally exchanging your time, your effort, your experience, your knowledge to create this value income, right? And and then you're taking that from your family or vacations or whatever. Um, so this income is really just an exchange of who you are and what you can do, right? And that has an incredible amount of value. And then to just value other people's money above yours is extremely perverse it mm -hmm. is perverse and then that what's even worse than that though here we all walk around and think that this is normal right i mean duh how oh, else would you buy a house go exactly. get your 30-year note interest rates are low go get you a mortgage yeah 
you'll build equity. It's better than rent. I mean, all the whole conventional thing, yeah. the finger wagging from the brother-in-law or the uncle or whomever, <laughs> you know, how you know, interest rates are low. And I'll, I'll, I have a, you know, I'll, I'll send you the contact information for my loan officer at the mortgage lender. It's like, you know, people do it with good intentions. I'm not saying that, like I always say, assume angelic intentions, but, and, and I'm sure many of the, most of the time it is, right? We're trying to, help people with what we know that kind of thing it just so happens that what most people know and when it comes to money again compared to what you can do with the infinite banking concept is inferior so you know that's on the debt level <clears throat> we can you know even nelson he talked about using other people's money you know being a real estate investor raw land he he liked timber because of his forestry background mm -hmm. and so um that's been in the real estate business forever leverage and other people's money yeah. Right. OPM. So, and it's whispered like it's a secret. Oh, you should use other people's money. Yeah. Like, oh, it's the insider secret. Make sure that other people have the ability to take everything you own. That's that's the good thing to do. Oh no. <laughs> you mean when you sign that dotted line, you're collateralizing everything that you own? Absolutely. Right. <clears throat> well, if you look at borrowed money, right, capital that uh, you're going to take and invest in a deal, real estate deal, in my example. Um, the the capital is just an expense of the deal. You know, the cost of capital, the interest is just an expense to the deal. So mm -hmm. why not go do the deal, get the profits, and, you know, pay the uh, third-party lender that cost of capital? Well, that's a beautiful. And that's what all the real estate gurus talk about, right? No money investing, no money, no money, or leverage your self-directed IRA or their, their new solo 401k or whatever. Um, they don't really get much past the idea or the fact that there is never a problem until there's a problem. Nelson didn't have a single problem in the world until something occurred outside of his control by the, mm -hmm. the bankers, right, raising the interest rates. So what happens when it goes bad? You know, there's never a problem till there's a problem. But then when there's a problem and you're over leveraged with other people's money, you know, and you collateralize that. If you're Dave, you go bankrupt. Oh, hey, now. That's a historical wow. fact. He tells people, I'm not throwing nobody on the butt. The people like it. There's others, internet marketers, who have had unfortunate financial experiences because of the lack of control over the banking function. Mm -hmm. That's a fact. I'm not being hard on nobody. That's just the truth. I mean, they would... You know, well, I, that's, that's I find this information from their blogs. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, when it, when it goes bad... Um, you control all of a sudden becomes extremely important or the lack thereof mm -hmm. all right yeah so. and what's that worth what's it worth when uh everybody else is in these liquidity traps right banks won't lend yeah. it's really not that banks i mean they will lend it's not lending to you exactly right? they'll, they'll lend to wall street all day but you know <laughs> you're not one of the preferred clients uh, a primary dealer at the federal reserve right so uh, it's yeah. really not it's not a liquidity trap for everyone it's that you are not at the front of their line yeah there it's a liquidity trap set for you exactly. <laughs> and, and then wait a minute and they financed the whole deal to begin with yeah right and then they created the liquidity trap oh my gosh and then there your assets going to zero that they'll happily separate you from hmm. repackage them and do it all again hmm. six thousand years of recorded history um okay so there's that you know i see a lot too in the infinite banking world that that the <clears throat> the idea the sales and uh, just let me say that in the life insurance industry um, the life insurance companies and the agents and the advisors, they all want to write, I mean, we want to write life insurance, whatever. 
to see the infinite banking concept classified as a marketing idea or a sales tool or a sales gimmick, you know, peeves me to no end. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> you have out there in the big wide world um, all this debt recapture, debt, you know, get out of debt, get out of debt, get out of debt. No, mm-hmm. here's how you can do it with infinite oh, banking concept. I know where you're going with this, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> like uh, default to you didn't create all that outstanding debt because you had uber discipline. Mm-hmm. And so for um, an individual, an organization, a company, an agency or whatever to go create this whole sales solution to use the infinite banking concept to get out of debt and create all of these third-party calculators or their own calculators or whatever. Um, and it's all predicated on the idea that it, there's so much smoke and mirrors. And this is just my opinion from the outside looking in that you're confused, but oh my gosh, those graphs and those numbers are pretty. And um, you're going to keep buying life insurance and keep buying life insurance and keep buying life insurance or, or all of your cash flow turns into life insurance premium. Um, I think that's kind of problematic, <laughs> you know? And so, but yet again, that that is the thinking, right, mm-hmm. of... Um, this idea is a gimmick and it's all about numbers and you can just run all of your debt or all of your income through an infinite banking policy and come out, you know, on top of the hill, king of the mountain. Yeah, get something for um, nothing. Just yeah, put money the, in this pocket instead of that pocket and <clears> end up with more. When the bottom line is life insurance, properly designed life insurance issued by a mutual company that participates in the dividend is one of the best places in the world to put money. All right, and then you're uh, properly classifying your capital. Right? Yeah, prioritizing mm-hmm. your capital, your the, the <coughs> degree of control that you can exercise over financial value. Putting that first, and it's like, what, what would, what else would you do? You know, so I, like, I have clients who live free and independent. Yeah, right. <laughs> that. Oh my God. So I'm, you know, my generation is out of college, right? Uh, just out of college, huge amounts of student loan debt. Oh my right? gosh! Hundreds of thousands, like plural, hundreds of thousands in student loan debt, right? Yeah, individually. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, individually. Yeah. 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 And it's like, okay, that's. I mean, you. That's the hand that we're dealing with. You know, that's what we have. But the bottom line is, if somebody does infinite banking and really adopts it, like makes the full paradigm shift, participates fully, understands the book, knows what's going on. Knows, right? yeah. And, and, and <coughs> conforms their behavior accordingly, right? Uh, pays substantial premium, builds cash value, right? That individual will clear away that third-party debt much quicker than somebody otherwise would. And so I think of the mortgage example. We, we just, we swallow it whole that the way to buy a house is to take a 30-year note where by volume, your finance and interest charges would be about 45, 55, whatever percent of by your- volume. Uh, By volume. of the total amount of money that you're gonna spend, right? Uh, and it's like, oh, yeah, duh, yeah, but it's okay. Interest rates are low. Swallowing whole, that's like swallowing a camel, straining at the gnats. Absolutely. It's like, uh, well, what's the interest rate on that policy? The insurance company is going to charge me interest? Yeah. Look, if they're going to charge me five, six, seven, eight, nine, whatever it is, every company's different, um, I can get capital at 3% or 34 or 3.89. This is 
August, so I don't know what 30-year mortgages are, probably just under four, mm-hmm. right? So why would I borrow capital at five and or anything oh. above four, <laughs> you know? Why would I do that? <laughs> and then, and then too, but then, but in the infinite banking world or in this footprint, um, that there's you see an awful lot. Yeah. <clears throat> and one thing that I want to say is, is uh, you, you that almost boils in over into another conversation uh, along the lines of, well, I should just capitalize my policies and wait for opportunities. Um, is one side the other the opposite would mm. be i'm gonna i want to take a hundred percent of my available cash value and i want to collateralize that and take advantage and take over every third party debt that i have mm-hmm. you know like one way is right and the other way is wrong mm-hmm. right and so that's the perception <clears throat> yes that's mm-hmm. the perception right and and at the end of the day the banker can do whatever he wants you know, uh, he who has the gold makes a rule. Yes. Right. And this concept, this idea that you can become your own banker. I mean, think about that. You can become your own banker. You can do whatever it is you want to do. You should know the ramifications of whatever it is you do. Right. Right. And how it affects your policies, how it affects your overall financial, you know, picture. But I know personally, um, I have financed investment or you know real estate and down payments and i've taken over notes and um unless i just want to jump through the third party lenders hoops mm-hmm. right coughing up two years tax returns pro formulas and mm. get my cpa to sign off on it and his signature falls right underneath the statement all that that's says, free right oh yeah right <laughs> after the cost you know his signature goes right underneath below the statement that says all of these figures have been provided by the client and I'm not vouching for them in layman's terms. That's my interpretation, right? Yeah. <clears throat> no, that's, that's in fact, that's what it is. And so um, you can do whatever you want. What is that worth? Yes. Right, now, let, let's, let's say that I take over a note, a, what a, a debt obligation, whatever it is. Um, What's that worth? Where can I put that on an illustration? How do I assign a value to that? Right. Or let's say that, that I don't take over a note. Let's say that I use the third-party lender's money mm-hmm. at whatever rate. Right. And if you're hung up on rates, there's more you should learn. Um, <clears throat> because it's not about rates. It's about velocity. It's about control. It's about use. But... So what I'm using the third-party lender's money. Now, I'm just being part of the problem. Right. If I go down to the bank and the money, the digits didn't exist, the entries didn't exist until I put my John Henry on there, then they create money out of thin air, which is beyond evil because then they're charging interest on money that didn't exist. And my signature is obligating me, everything that I've created to collateralize and whatever I'm purchasing is going to be collateral. And then the payments are coming from my future production. It's like... Oh, my God, the construct is beyond evil. Yeah. Okay, but let's say I chose to do that (laughs) for whatever reason. Um, And, you know, we can sell ourselves anything between here and the front door. Sure. Right? Okay. Um, If I I were to do that, and I have done that, um, you can bet I have enough cash value available 
to send that banker packing yeah if i got mad or he showed up and tried to repossess something mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. or the bank gets bought out and new bank calls the notes due and all that what you mean notes are callable we've <laughs> talked about this right <clears throat> you mean the fdic stepping in and reclassifying notes you were an a client mm. until the reclassification and now you're a c <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean that's that's almost like a margin account right i'm borrowing money against the portfolio the stock value goes down there's a margin call um what i gotta sell stocks at a lower value to cover the margin call mm-hmm. i mean <clears throat> who's controlling that anyway my point being the banker can do whatever he wants yeah right whatever they would like to do and control is um extremely important and valuable especially when things go wrong and you can't put that on a life insurance illustration yeah. which we've talked a lot about in the past right life insurance illustrations but and it's something that you can't really i compare a lot of ibc to riding a bike like if you've never ridden a bike before <coughs> it looks like how would you ever do that right it, it doesn't make sense it, until you do it mm-hmm. and then it's like oh it's like riding a bike right yeah. it, and so once you're really in it and you're you experience the feeling of well i've got this outstanding pick a number i owe ten thousand to whoever department of education or whomever your student loan education loan servicer it might be and you pick any kind of debt right just using the ten thousand dollar student loan example um here so assume that you you owe ten thousand and but you've got the ca- you've got sufficient cash value in your policy such that you could take a policy loan and wipe that out right well maybe maybe you want to do that or Maybe you want to buy a new piece of equipment for your business. Okay, well, now you have the ability to choose which one you want to do. That can increase right? your profits. It's not like I need to be under the gun constantly, you know, pay off this debt, pay off this debt, mm-hmm. and we're, where we're issuing like a moral judgment about your character if you're not prioritizing payment of debt, right? So there's the internet personalities who part of their shtick is to make you feel bad because you're not eating beans and rice and and choosing to pay off your student loan debt or whatever other debt might be outstanding, right? It, well, just save up enough money to go pay for that. college cash, okay? And tell me how long <laughs> that's going to take. <laughs> right. Um, I'm just, I mean. Yeah, no. It, so the, the ability to, to be in a position where you get to decide, no, I'm going to pay this now or I'm going to, that can wait because something else is more important right now. I'm going to prioritize that and no one's going to judge me because it's my money. I've got this policy or I've got contractual authority over this value. You know what? (laughs) We've beaten the daylights out of illustrations, but that is not on the illustration. Look, you're going to be judged anyway if you're putting your capital and dividend paying whole life insurance. So yeah, there's going to be judgment one way or the other. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I, I, uh, I, uh, talk about, Quite often, you know, let's just look at a timeline from now into the future. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I have a tremendous amount of debt and I'm going to take all of my cash flows, everything. I'm going to scrimp and save and there's nothing wrong with discipline and living within your means. I mean, that's vitally important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to pay that debt off. Well, let's, I don't care, pick an age. I'm 25, I'm 30, I'm 35, whatever it is, and I'm going to spend the next 10, 15, 30 years getting out of debt, whatever it is. 
Um, and if I accelerate that, I'm going to get out of debt maybe in seven or eight years, okay? And then, once I'm out of debt, then I can properly prioritize my capital. I can start saving money. woo Right. <laughs> You'll get to it in 30 years. Or seven or eight if I'm mm-hmm. really ninja. Sure. Okay. Well, can you fund a policy, pay premiums to a policy, properly structured, and then leverage that cash value and accelerate the debt repayment? Yes. Yes, you can. But let's say that it takes you, for for this example, let's say it takes you 10 years to get out of debt because you're uber-focused, ninja-like, and everything additional that you can possibly do is throwing money to the debt. Then you can start saving money. So the first part of this timeline that I'm talking about is 10 years, you're out of debt. Now you can spend the next 10 years accumulating capital, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> when you put a life insurance policy in the mix of that, but up front, you can you pay premium and then put the available cash values to work through leverage, collateralizing, borrowing against that policy to accelerate getting out of debt. Yes, and let's say that it takes you 12 years to get out of debt, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And have the policy loans repaid. I'm adding Mm -hmm. a couple of years to the 10 year in my conversation here. But now we're spending the next time period accumulating capital. I'm going to win hands down every time if I use a life insurance policy up front. Yeah. yeah. Every time. Every time. Because now I have a 10, 11-year-old policy, and they're phenomenal. The numbers, the action of the numbers, the relationship between the premium, the cash value, the death benefit, the dividends, all of it become staggering over time. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like I'm stacking time. Right, so there's that's a legitimate ability that you have. Is that the only reason why you should you know buy life insurance and pay high premiums? No. no. You know, Nelson was paying $18,000 a year in life insurance premium in 1980. Who do you know today that pays $18,000 in life insurance premium? And if I can continue for a moment, <laughs> those policies did not have a paid-up additions rider to supercharge the policy uh. and cash values. You know, he started buying, paying for life insurance at his age of 13 years old. Mm. All right, so he's born in 1931. All right, here we go forward. To 1980, he's about 50-ish. All right, he'd been paying $18,000 a year in life insurance premium. Most of those policies were typically just typical whole life insurance, no cash value for the first two years. Mm -hmm. You know, you might go cash on cash, cumulative premium, cash value in the 12th to 18th year. And then today, people have a hard time seeing the value of cash on cash and premium equalization and i know i don't want to run on and on about this in life insurance illustrations but because we talk about it in life insurance illustrations that we've beat to death several times but i can't wait to beat it to death because you can't almost say it enough that life insurance you live or die by life insurance illustration and you're just creating a train wreck and disappointment in my opinion does that mean you shouldn't know what you're doing or how your policy is going to function? Absolutely. And you should also know how your actions are going to affect that policy. Yeah. Okay. I digress a little. I'm okay. just saying, can you do this? Get out of debt with life insurance up front of the time period of getting out of debt and then accumulating capital. Yeah. And you come out 
ahead every time. But now we're talking about a, an extended time period, right? Mm-hmm. Getting out of debt and then accumulating capital. And it, it takes an uber lot of discipline to go through there. Oh, yeah. That and I, I've got, I have period. people who do have substantial outstanding debt with third-party lenders, student loans, mortgage, what have you. And they're in force. You know, these are people who have read the book. The application's been done. The, they've got through underwriting. They're paying premium. You know, they're practicing the infinite banking concept. Mm-hmm. Still calling mm-hmm. and saying, I'm getting beat up mm-hmm. by whomever. Mm-hmm. Everyone. Me a hard time. For why, why in the world would you be spending so much of your income on life insurance when you've got this massive outstanding debt? And usually it's from the family. It's from the people, people who love you, who are close to you, who don't understand, and they really do honestly and truly want the best for you, and they are confused. And it, to the point where they think that you are misguided and consequently hurting yourself by not following what they believe to be the superior conventional advice uh and so we've like got to walk are. back through it <clears throat> like they are they're following conventional advice yeah, and it's right. working so well need, for them that their children well, that's need what it is they need validation because if, if they're doing it then, and other people aren't then well why i mean what especially if you don't understand right if there's confusion and 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 mystery then there's going to be hostility right the, oh if, if it's unclear if there's a lack of clarity it's so easy to get angry mm-hmm. and and to start wondering well, what the you know and oh, and then the agent no of i'm going to question your character quickly absolutely you know what are you doing yeah we what is this guy doing trying to sell you of course he's just, he's just a life insurance agent right so he's probably just trying to sell you something mm-hmm. fly by night never see him again kind of individual which the industry earned that reputation but uh with many other industries uh, right, like absolutely education. absolutely the salesman right oh, sales. <laughs> uh, but they, they get it from the people closest to them and so even the people who are doing this who are over the long run going to be far better off since they have prioritized their capital. They've chosen to form and accumulate capital that's under their ownership and control. They're going to be far better off, but even those individuals still need reassurance and confirmation and affirmation because it's the, like Nelson always used to talk about the noise, the financial noise is everywhere and we're surrounded by it. We don't even realize it until you start saying, you know, these heretical things of, I'm going to buy a whole lot of life insurance with as little death benefit as possible. <laughs> we're surrounded by it. We're steeped in it. We're baked in it. I mean, it is. Every, yeah. every, everywhere you look, everywhere you turn, the noise is constructed, and you're going against the noise, against the grain, in spite of the noise, in spite of swimming upstream. Opting um, out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. This is that is the infinite banking concept, and I don't care if you're talking about student loans. I don't care if you're talking about mortgage loans. I don't care what you're talking about. This is going upstream, yep. right? Just the idea of paying high premium, high cash value, you know, owning high cash value life insurance, and then using that. Now, if you just back up a minute, if if I have access to my capital, yeah, there's a there's a startup cost. Right, you can't get around it. I can't get around it. No, the agent is not paid all of that money that you don't have access to in the first year or two. Um, it, it actually costs life insurance companies to put these policies in force, and the agent is only part of that cost. Okay, but if I can put money somewhere and I have access to it, and I'm going to get a death benefit, and it's going to grow forever, the rest of my life. 
the dividends are going to increase. Not guaranteed. Dividends are not guaranteed. But I can expect some kind of a dividend from a 100-year-old company that's never failed to pay a dividend that is run honestly, openly, straightforward, well-run. Um, and I'm going to have access to more and more of the capital that I put in. And then, and then because I have that contractual access, right, the contractual right to that money, and I'm paying attention, going along in life, um, it puts me in a position where either I can put that capital to work through collateralization, borrowing against cash value, going, taking advantage of opportunities, or maybe maybe I'm just becoming my own banker and getting rid of the 10, 14, 20, 29% interest rate credit cards. Mm. Or I see I see lines of credit today, 2019, this is August, at 10, 11, 12, 14% interest. Lines of credit. Mm-hmm. I mean, to, to established business professionals. And wait a minute. I can either become my own banker and just control the debt, right, while my net worth is increasing 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. You know, the cash value increases today, Saturday. You know, my cash value is going to go up today. It's going to go up tomorrow, too, when I'm in church. Mm-hmm. You know, the markets are closed mm-hmm. Saturday and Sunday. I'm just saying, <laughs> what's, tell me what's wrong with that. Oh, yeah, it's life insurance. Yeah. Oh, Okay. So if I if I graduate and there's a large net death benefit that's going to be paid to my people, income tax free. Tell me again what was wrong with that. Oh, uh, and then wait. I, I imagine they're going to stop wondering why you paid all those premiums <coughs> to get that death benefit. They're they're probably going to say, "Dang, I thought Dad had a lot more." <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, <clears throat> All right, so bottom line, you do not need to wait until other debt's paid off. Uh, IVC is open to anybody who's willing to do it. And I tell people all that requires is you make more money than you spend. And that. Wait a minute. Don't, don't be so simple. I want a complex solution. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. If you're going to wrap this up, let me say, can you do this? Right? Can you start a life insurance policy, collateralize that to put in the mix of getting out of debt? You know, and there's a a correct way to get out of debt smallest debts first and um the interest rate is part of that but it's really the cash flow of the debt service so it's a balance of the account that's owed the debt and the cash flow that's servicing that debt right so you prioritize what debts to get out of first and then if you're doing that with a life insurance policy Right, collateralizing the cash value, you're going to wind up with an outstanding loan balance of the life insurance policy. Isn't that just the last one you pay off? Yeah. Right. It's, it's really simple. What scares me, what raises my eyebrow, is the discipline mm. that it takes to control your cash flows in your life. While we're all swimming upstream and we're surrounded in this noise of get out of debt, get out of debt, life insurance is bad, put your money into the market, and, you know, just a conventional financial noise. Yeah. But can it be done? Yes, it can be done. Does that mean everybody should do that? <coughs> You're having a hard time saying that. <laughs> <laughs> just because I know everybody can. It's available. It's possible. It's just a matter of changing how you think. 
I love that. It is possible, and everybody can. Um, All right. You wait, got anything wait, else? Wait, for yeah, yeah. No, I do. Uh, did, how long are we going here? Can we go over? I mean, is somebody We're already over? But yeah, go on. All right, but who's, who's there's no rules here? Oh, yeah. perfect. I like it. <clears throat> okay. I mean, if we talk about debt and discipline, you know, and the individual, we're talking about you know personal debt, really. But let's just go to the public debt, you know, the political and the government debt. Same situation. They have no discipline, but they don't even create wealth or value, right? And then, and then, you know, they're promising all of these great things and like pensions and mm-hmm. they're all imploding, right? Um, the same thing is going on at the political level and, and the governmental level at every level, I don't know, city, county, state, federal, um, just don't be like them. Right, as I'm, I just want to throw in. Even worse, you got to work for it. They can just print it. No, no question, <laughs> and benefit from that, right? It's like, okay, I just wanted to throw that in there. No, that's good. Absolutely. All right, that's all for me. Thanks for listening. Well, they're they're wrapping me up, so I got to go. Thank you. I appreciate you. Can't wait to talk again.